0: I'm Evie Ressman, and welcome to the Perry Network podcast. It's day two at the Perry Europe Forum 2023 in London, where many of our members are meeting to discuss the latest trends in private real estate. DE&I is one trend dominating the agenda, with more firms looking to incorporate it into their policies. At the event, Mina Tamai, content producer at PEI Group, caught up with Paul Gibson, Chief Investment Officer for EMEA, Direct Real Estate Strategies at CBRE Investment Management. Who emphasizes that paternity leave is incredibly important and that firms must offer a pathway for men and women returning to work? Let's take a listen. How optimistic or pessimistic are you about real estate opportunities right now?
1: Yes, somewhere in the middle is probably the answer to that question. I think it's clearly a, a challenging environment in many ways. If you look to the investment market, quite a lot of uncertainty and Caution out there. So, you see that come through in low transaction volumes and a general kind of nervousness from people to strike deals. But on the occupier side of the equation, things are pretty good actually. And there's a lot of clarity, I believe, in what occupiers require. So, they've become very discerning in the types of space they want. So, space that enhances their brand, space that helps them reduce their carbon footprint, space that helps them improve productivity, space that offers flexibility and therefore. I think for buildings and strategies where you've really put the customer at the heart of them, where you deliver buildings that meet their needs, I think we have reasons to be optimistic going forward. So I think with the right discipline and the right strategy, I think there are reasons to be optimistic. And of course, fear, which there is some fear out there always, always creates opportunity.
0: And just an add on to that, how are you managing fundraising now?
1: Yeah, I think challenging was the word I used on the previous question in some respects. I think it is a more difficult fundraising environment. I think a word that everyone will have heard quite a bit of over the last few months, and last year, is the denominator effect. And that's undoubtedly affecting some real estate investors, but not everybody. And there are plenty of capital sources out there that, that do want to increase their real estate exposure. And, and our job is to be a good partner to everybody. You know, we want to keep good relationships with our investors. And we, you know, we are seeing opportunities to raise capital in the UK, where we are today. The LGPS pools are, uh, you know, are clearly expanding their real estate exposure. And if you look outside of the UK, maybe more in a global context, there's some you know big capital sources in Asia who want to deploy globally into the real estate market. So I think there's still opportunities there.
0: Which sectors are you most upbeat about?
1: Yeah, I think you can categorize opportunities in kind of two ways. There's the structural trends that have really driven demand for real estate in the last few years. So if you look to how we've deployed capital in the last two, three, four years, about three quarters of that has gone into logistics and residential sectors where those structural tailwinds are strong, but the market's in a bit of flux. And I think it's less clear where the other side comes in, which is the cyclical, more tactical opportunities. So I think it is important to be pretty open-minded at the moment, always at the same time coming back to something I mentioned in the previous question, which is putting the customer at the heart of the strategy. So really sticking to assets that have a clear customer proposition.
0: On another note, what have you seen that is moving the needle on diversity, equity and inclusion, and do you have any concrete examples on
1: this? Yeah, as CBI Investment Management, we're very passionate about this. We want a work environment that is inclusive, that's fair to all, and everybody can perform at their best level. I think moving the needle is a slightly tricky phrase because some of this takes time, it's a journey, and I think it's a combination of two things. I think it's policies and initiatives and culture and we have a DNI council which I lead in Europe we have a number of different strategies but ultimately it needs the culture to back those up so if i give you two examples i think paternity leave is obviously important and we have i think a, a very good paternity policy encouraging both male and females to take time off and use that as they wish and that's fine but you need the culture that supports that So I think we've worked to get that culture and, you know, we've had lots of our, our men in our team take time off, extended time off, I think that's great, but you need to provide pathways for both the men and the women to come back to work and we've got a lot of support structures in place for that. And then one other initiative, maybe if I may, in terms of recruitment, we've got a partnership with an organization called Elba Eagles, which is a social mobility internship program. We're entering the third year of that partnership now from the nine people that we've had, six have stayed with us permanently. And to make that happen, it again requires a culture of welcoming them into the business, explaining the business, supporting their journey. Um, So it's a combination, I think, of policies, initiatives, and the right culture.
0: And if we talk a bit about ESG, have you set a net zero target and are you on track?
1: We have set a net zero uh, target. Like many others, we're signatories of various organizations. We're a signatory, a member of the net zero asset managers initiative which commits us across all of our strategies to be net zero carbon by 2050 for those assets where we're the operator and we have discretion around the asset we've committed to 2040 as our target. I think setting the target, the commitment and kind of the broader strategy is one element. The tricky part is moving to the execution phase. We're on that journey. I think a couple of important elements. Data is critical, so you can assess your improvements. And we're the largest subscriber to Gresby and I think that gives us a lot of important data and then secondly it's really about moving it through into into the assets so we're doing audits on all of our assets and making sure the costs and the initiatives that are required are, are fully embedded in the business plans for every asset and then alongside all of this critical is training our teams it's a fast moving landscape and we have an ESG ambassador program which makes sure that somebody in each country in each sector in each program that we run is an ESG ambassador. They have greater levels of training and can really drive the change that required. So running through that quickly, coming back to your question, are we on track? I think we're making progress, but plenty more work to be done.
0: What are the biggest hurdles to executing on residential real estate opportunities nowadays?
1: Well, this for us is quite an interesting topic because last week we signed contracts on a German residential portfolio. And I think the residential area is particularly complex because in a lot of countries, the industry is fairly embryonic. So you have to often get involved in the development process. We didn't on this equation, but I think having a large platform, having scale is really important to execute in the resi space. You need it to drive operational efficiencies. You need it in terms of the expertise to manage the assets. You need it in terms of the transaction capabilities to unearth the opportunities. But then structuring a deal and using your scale effectively requires a number of different specialisms, and this is where we're kind of fortunate. So that might be tax expertise, legal expertise, sustainability, having that vision and and precision on on what needs to be done. So I think it's a really holistic approach to execute residential strategies correctly and well.
0: Do you believe there will be distressed opportunities? And if yes, when?
1: I'd hesitate to use the word distressed, if I'm honest. I think there are clearly becoming owners of real estate that have a need for liquidity and becoming more sort of motivated to sell. I think we'll see more of that as the year progresses. We're starting to see some interesting opportunities now. And I think that's where we'll be hunting for those parties that do need some liquidity. And that's where, you know, having capital and being well capitalized is really important and being a long term investor, because, You never quite know where the bottom of the market is, but it feels like we're entering a more favourable point for investment right now.
0: That was Paul Gibson from CBRE Investment Management. If you liked what you heard, be sure to subscribe, rate and review wherever you listen to podcasts, and check out the rest of our conference coverage on the Perry Network. See you next time.